welcome to another episode of Embrace the Suck with Brendan. Brought to you by Wheelahan Development. This is your host, Brendan Wheelahan. Sometimes we get kicked in the mouth and life sucks. That's just what it is. But you're tougher than that. You didn't fold. You embraced it. You grew from it. Now pay it forward and help the next person in line. We don't want the textbook. We want real words from real people. This is how we build a better world together. If you've battled loss, stress, depression, finances, change, or anything else life throws at us, share your story. You can reach out directly at wheelahandevelopment at gmail.com or through LinkedIn and Facebook at Brendan Wheelahan. And now that that's out of the way, let's get after it. There's two main ways to look at life. It's either yesterday's struggle rolls over into today and the cycle continues, or yesterday's struggle is the reason for today's success. Sometimes life just happens. That's what this podcast is all about. The important thing to always keep in mind is, just because yesterday sucked doesn't mean today has to suck. Just because we fall off the tracks doesn't mean we have to stay off the tracks. If we choose to keep pushing and persevere, we can turn our ship around. And that's exactly what my good friend Paris did. From a rock star in school, to putting in more effort dodging class than showing up, and finally turning things around to now chase his dream, here's Paris's two cents on how to get back on track and persevere. Paris, it's been like, I think, 10 years or so since, since we last chatted back in high school. And real happy you reached out to have this conversation, talk about some perseverance and falling off track, getting a little bit back on track with some life goals. But before we get into all that, say hello to everyone real quick. Give us a little bit of background about yourself. Hello, everybody. Um, again, you know, my name is Paris Bryant II. You know, we go back to uh, Aquinas for uh, high school. So I was a uh, class of 08. Then I ended up going to college at RIT, getting my degree in economics. Uh, somebody says the greatest high, uh, sorry, the greatest college here in Rochester. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, I might be a little bit biased to say that it might be true, but no. Um, but yeah, it's, that's me. Uh, now I currently work as a uh, financial uh, representative over at Alliance Advisory Group um, over on Park Ave here in Rochester. Terrific, terrific. And I'm glad that you're now finally working in a career path that is a dream of yours. It's not just a nine to five job, but I know that that wasn't always the case. And a lot of our conversation today is going to be how that, that came to fruition because you had a little bit of a rocky road in there. I know we were catching up a little bit the other day when we were chatting, but give me a little background about what it was like in those years where we fell out of touch. So after Aquinas, you graduated, you went on to RIT, things were good for a little while and then not so perfect until you turned it back around. What happened in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think like one of my biggest issues or um, like one kind of uh, shortcoming that I ended up having was a lot of things came very easy to me uh, when I was at Aquinas, right? There's no knock on Aquinas. It's just the level between high school and college is it's night and day, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very confident. I'm very cocky thinking I was like okay well you know elementary school easy mm -hmm. high school easy you know middle school easy college it's gonna be a breeze too right so I get in there and at first you know it was a breeze right but you know you're taking first year enrichment 
you're taking, uh, you know, some type of exercise classes, wellness classes, things of that nature, you know, one-on-one classes, every, everything's supposed to be easy. And then, you know, I'm starting to take my first serious classes and I get smacked in the mouth, man. So, you know, I'm taking chemistry, which was never my strong suit. I'm taking physics, wasn't anything like how uh, Mrs. J over at uh, Aquinas <laughs> taught it. Uh, you know, no hoverboards or anything like that. You know, obviously you're in a much larger class. So instead of 12 kids, you know, there's 30 to 50 kids in a class, just, just feeling panicked. Right. So, but you know, I, I kind of persevere along, I, I trudge along. Um, I had, I ended up having some, some setbacks with a, um, with an advisor of mine. Right. And I'm not here to say who was right, who was wrong, different perspectives and so on and so forth. And I'm not here to toss them under the bus. All I can say is that it just didn't really work out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting frustrated. I felt like I was falling behind. And then, you know, when you have that pressure because you're paying money, right? you know, you start, you know, and RIT is private. You know, yeah, so that's, it's not you know, a cheap expensive. bill. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you kind of start seeing that. And, you know, your parents are like, oh, man, you're doing so great. But you're seeing those grades come in. You're like, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing so great. I was in that boat. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then um, I ended up making a, um, a leap of faith and I switched out of uh, engineering and I went over into economics, right? And the real big reason I went into economics was because of Ms. Stanza over at Aquinas mm-hmm. as well. Shout out mm-hmm. uh, to the AQ staff, uh, always helping out. Yeah, but um, she, so she really, there. oh yeah, I loved her, man. It, yeah, even though she made me read uh, Atlas Shrugged, which was a ginormously thick book, but I actually, I still have the book. It's hilarious. But, um, you know, got into economics. I mean, you know, I loved it. And even when I struggled in economics, like, I never felt bad about the struggle, right? You know, we, we both play sports and things of that nature, right? It's akin to, you know, uh, you're practicing and you get blown up, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody just comes through and just, just, just tees off on you. And as you're laying there, you're not like, oh, man, I got teed off. You're just kind of like, okay, I'll get the next one. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah we got to raise the level now. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So it was more of that feeling versus, oh, man, I don't belong here, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a very nice feeling. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of tragedy kind of struck during uh, college, right? So my grandfather ended up passing away. Um, it was really unexpected. My grandmother, she was very, very sick at the time. got diagnosed with congestive heart failure. So we actually thought that she was going to be in jeopardy of passing and not my grandfather. He just went in for a routine uh surgery uh but he ended up uh, getting a blood clot you know stroked out or whatnot like that but um, oh man i'm so sorry uh you know uh, don't worry about it man uh he lived a great life awesome guy um then uh you know just just a, a series of other things right so you know his next door neighbor which was you know who basically you know knew me since i was you know a little nugget he ended up passing my grandfather's other friend from uh, one of the other deacons from his church passed that i know um, then I had a uh, one friend, he passed away, you know, due to gang violence, but he wasn't in a gang. He was just wrong place, wrong time. Right. Just caught a straight bullet. And then I had a friend uh, pass away, you know, over out in Afghanistan uh, serving. So it was just a lot. A lot you know, of loss. You know, a 19 Yeah, you know, yeah. you're a 19-year-old kid, you know. So, like, I didn't really face anything like that, right? You know, I might have had a great-grandparent pass away before. Right. Know, but not nothing in succession like that. Right. Right. So, when it really starts to hit and it's people that are close to you. And yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. I remember growing up, my great, great uncle died. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I was like maybe nine, 10, but I didn't really know. I mean, and I can remember seeing him at the table a few times, but six, seven, how, how well do you know somebody? 
but I remember right. when I got to college and that's when my grandmother died. And yeah, it's, it's a whole different ball game when you start. Yeah. yeah. Are actually a, a meaningful part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So like it was, it was, it was just rough. Right. And then like, you just get to the point where like, you know, who's next, mm-hmm. you know, am I next? Mm-hmm. You know, um, every time you meet somebody, this is going to be the last time that I meet you. I see you. Yeah. So that kind of weighed heavily on me. I ended up, um, I, I I didn't do the, the correct thing, right? You know, everybody grieves differently. But um, one thing that I, I, I wish that I did was I wish that I told somebody, you know, be it my mother, my father, you know, I wish that I got into therapy sooner, you know, to tell somebody to, to let that that hurt go. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't and it just kind of piled on, you know, like yeah. bricks. And then, you know, I ended up snapping and uh, I ended up having, to take a leave of absence from college, right? But here's, here's the crazy part, Brendan. Here's the crazy part, right? I was so ashamed, right? Because I wouldn't tell anybody. I, so I think it was probably, you know, RIT at the time, we were doing quarter systems. It was brutal. So I think RIT, they were done probably in May. So I told my father in March, um, I, that's when I, I took my leave of absence in March, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I lied to him and my stepmother and I was telling them that um, I had class. So what I would do is I would get up, get dressed every morning, mm-hmm. and then I would pretend to go to class. But I would no just kind of chillax at the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts up the street. I'd yeah. give it about like an hour and a half, and then I would make my way back home. And then, you know, I'd you know, play video games or I would just wallow around in the bed or push shift here. Well, no, I didn't start working yet. So until May, I was just pretending that I was going to class. Pretending that you're still busy the whole time. Going through the motion, man. Going through the motions. And then I ended up lying again. And I told them that um, I didn't have enough uh, credits to be considered a full-time student. And because I wasn't considered a full-time student, I wouldn't have enough uh, financial aid to cover it. So I was just like, you know, I'm not going to take classes this semester. uh, You just took more time off. Right. Yeah, until I have enough you know, courses that line up. Until I become full-time, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, uh, you know, I ended up going back to work uh, in my job at Highland in the kitchen. Uh, shout out to them. I uh, love my guys over there. Um, but then it was like, it was just this one moment and it just happened. And I just realized, it's like, you know, I can't, I can't continue to work over there. Right? And it's no, again, there's no knock on, on them. But it was just kind of like, you know, my, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, they didn't make the sacrifices and the struggles to get me there, you know, their own struggle and sacrifice to get me to where it is that I um, ultimately went was college just for me to drop out of college and then work in a kitchen at Highland Hospital, right? Right. That wasn't their goal for me, right? Because again, right, we're both AQ kids. It's a lot of money, even yeah. with AQ, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think like AQ is probably up there with like going to MCC and cost, right? Uh, it might. It I think might it's a little like, more now. I think it is a little bit more. Yeah. I think it is a little bit more. But you didn't hear that from me, right? We can redact that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so like you know, again, you're paying a lot of money to go to you know AQ for four years, and now I'm going to RIT, which is basically you know, uh, AQ cost, but for college, right? Right. So it was just kind of like, no, I mean, I, I got to finish this, right? It, you know, whatever it might be, I have to finish this. And then luckily, I then got it, right? So I reached out to people. I sent it to my dad. If, you, if we're going to fight and we're going to rumble, at least I have my degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We get that yeah. done first, then I'll let you know what yeah. happened. You know, yeah, exactly. You're like, you did what? Uh, you know, I guess you got your degree. Yeah, but I got uh, it. I fun- got it. See? It's all good. <laughs> exactly. 
Right. But the funniest thing, right, of it all is that my dad and my stepmom knew. The whole time? They they they, they knew. Yeah. So like nothing came to the to the to the house to alert them, but they could just tell. They were just like it just didn't make any sense, right? You know, yeah. and then after a while, you know, you get lazy with your lies. Yeah. But like they just knew and then they were just kinda like so I was like, Well, how come you didn't say anything? Like, why did you just kinda let me kinda waddle in it? And they were just kinda like, Well, we figured you didn't want us to know, so we figured you'd tell us, you know, when you were ready or whatnot like that. So it was just, it was just so funny how that kind of happened. But I ended up getting back into uh, to school, um, went through like a series of programs, one of them being the MOCA program, which is awesome at RIT. Uh, ended up becoming uh, the treasurer on the e-board of uh, the Caribbean Student Association. Um, ended up uh, presenting in front of the American Heart Association being on one of the uh, panels um, here in Rochester that was talking about um, like the state of race and things of that nature, uh, which was an amazing experience. Um, awesome. And then ultimately I finished on, uh, on the Dean's list, right? I graduated um, my, my, final, man. That's my great. final two semesters on, on the Dean list. So I was just, I was, I was ecstatic, right? You know, yeah. I still, it wasn't, you know, the, the, the whole total of it was still rough, but at the end of it all, I, I would be able to tell people, I was like, you know, it came very easy at, at front, you know, at first. I dicked around, you know, I lost my way. But when I figured out what my way was, I got back on track and I seized every opportunity and I yeah. made every opportunity count and it paid off. Right. Yeah. So, That's a perfect way to put it. I want to ask you, though, in that journey, well, actually, I got two questions. First off, from yeah. when you took that leave of absence, how long were you out of school? until you went back to class, whether it be just dicking around at the house or working at the kitchen, how long was it that you stopped school? Until I think it was about like a year, year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. What uh, was it? Year, no, it was about, probably about a year. About a year. about a year. Okay. And then right there, you mentioned that you had it easy up front and then you lost your way a little bit and then got back on track. So I want to stay in that year for just a moment. What were some of the things that you started to maybe think to yourself or what were some of the signs that you looked at to make you ultimately realize my parents and grandparents sacrificed and struggled a lot more than for what I'm producing right now. They, they went through a lot more and expect a lot more out of me than what I am giving them right now. How did you come to that realization? Yeah. So it was actually like a multitude of things, right? So I had actually another friend who um, went, who was, who went to RIT as well. I think he was a year, maybe two years younger than me, buddy of mine named Isaac. And he actually, you know, went to our team. We actually worked together in Highland. So when I'm taking my leave of absence, I'm still seeing him grinding through. And I know that he's going through his own, you know, muck and, you know, shit or whatever, for lack of a better term. Yep. Um, so then that was just kind of one thing. I'm just kind of like, I, I never want to compare myself to somebody else other than myself, trying to be, the, you know, better than I was yesterday because keeping up with the Joneses, it's a terrible mindset, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, if you want what somebody else has, you know, you got to be willing to walk their yeah. path. And that might not be the path that you're willing to walk, right? Right, so, right, right. It's so I, hard, I though. See it when you see, like, yeah, when you see absolutely. somebody else doing th something, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I don't want to compare myself to somebody else. But at the same time, if you can do it, then what's my excuse for not doing it? Right, right, right. It's, it's like a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Or it's a fine line. Out, you got you know, to try and walk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, you know, I definitely want to be there, but I might not be ready yet to do what it takes to get there. But let me try and see. But, you know, Isaac, he was doing great things. Right. So he's studying. 
I think he might have been a double major, maybe, maybe not. But regardless, right, you know, we both work at the same job. We're mm-hmm. making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. I think I made a little bit more because I was there longer, like, you know, a year or two not longer than him. But we're in the same pay grade, basically. We go to the same school, and yet he's toughing it out. And I know that he had his own trauma and stuff like that that he had to go through as well. So that was kind of one thing. The other thing, too, where it were uh, it was kind of like the veteran people in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. who were just kind of saying like, hey, you know, you know, I worked here just because, you know, they were making decent money, you know, you know, knew how to save money. He's like, you know, I just do this because I got in here when I was young. I had no other thing to do. You know, but parents are different, right? You know, mm-hmm. you got a great future ahead of you. This is not the stop for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not making this up or blowing smoke, you know, for the pot or anything like that. It's true, right? So, you know, uh, you know, we're a huge family down there and they're just kind of like, you know, like, you know, when you're going back to school, and uh, you know, between me and you, you know, I, I take a little break. Like, well, you make sure that you get back in there. Right. I'm like, okay, all right. You know, so it was like words like that. And then you kind of start to reflect on it. And you're just like, yeah, you're right. This isn't the end for me. Or this shouldn't be something that I should be uh, content with. Uh, I have people that I work with telling me to do better. I have, and I know that my family would also tell me to do better or to at least strive for what it is that you wanted to do. And that this is not what you wanted to do. Yeah. If that answers the question. <laughs> definitely answers it. And what I'm hearing from you and what you mentioned a little bit earlier is you said you had wished that you had opened up more, but it sounds like a lot of that realization came from when you finally did open up. Like you mentioned right there, the people you were talking to in the kitchen, you said, Hey, between you and me, I actually took a leave of absence. And that's when they, I don't want to say pressured you, but that's when they gave you their two cents to say like, Hey man, that this isn't where it stops for you. I understand if you've got to take a, a minute, but that's going to be a minute. You're not taking 10 years off, but it sounds like right. you, you started to get a lot of this advice and guidance and help once you opened up. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So like, and as I kind of like expand on that, like what I meant was, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're in a relationship that kind of sucks, right? We mm-hmm. all have been there mm-hmm. and your friends are telling you like, yeah, dude, like she's no good for you. Right. Or, you know, he's no good for you or whatever like that. And just kind of like, hey, what do you know? Obviously, because like, it's almost like we're peers. So I'm not, you know, so I'm not listening to you. Mm-hmm. But it, it took, because even in the kitchen, there was people who were like on my level, my pay grade, who were just kind of like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, you know, I, I guess so, man. Don't worry about it. But it wasn't until, you know, the people who I, I looked up to or, you know, I looked at them as like, you know, kind of seniors in the game right. within that job. That kind right. of like once it made its way to them. That's kind of when I was like, oh, okay. Because you, your friends are going to tell you, you know, basically whatever you want to hear or sometimes right. what you don't want to hear. But sometimes it takes like that outside perspective or somebody who you think uh, kind of sees it from, you know, up on high, if you will. Yeah, so that's kind of what it took. Around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what it took. You know, it, it still wasn't even me talking to my dad, you know, my stepmom or even my mom. I think I had to tell my mom first. I think I, then I told my stepmom, then I told my dad, because I forgot my dad would freak out. But, like, <laughs> no, but I didn't tell any of them until uh, I graduated, but uh, it's pretty funny. So <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I, I've done probably 25 or so recordings of this podcast now, and one of the running themes, and it was true for me, so it was true for you, and it's true for, I think, every other person I've talked to that's gone through something, is that when, when we start to open up and actually talk about what's going on, we get a lot more help that we need. And like for me, for so long, I just kept everything bottled deep inside anything that was going on. Now I want to be Mr. Private, keep everything to myself. I'll just deal with it all. And I didn't go through exactly the same struggle you did, but I got my own struggles that, that I try and curtail. 
but my solution to a lot of it was actually just telling people what was going on. So for you, it sounds like when you just told people, yeah, I'm taking a little break because I got to figure some shit out. That's when people came up to you or came, came to you and basically was like, ah, I'm here for you. What do we have to figure out? And uh, helped you kind of clarify what your goal was to kind of get you back on track. Fair, fair statement. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's one of the most difficult things to like opening up. It's so difficult. Uh, you know, you can read a dozen books, you know, you can read, you know, Tony Robbins, you can mm -hmm. read uh, John Maxwell, whatever, you know, all these guys uh, will tell you anything that you need to do reading a book, but making that action is still so difficult. It's so right? hard. It is. Uh, it so, is. But, but once you do you, it, oh, go ahead. It's so cathartic. I said, yeah, but once you do it, it's like the most cathartic thing ever, right? Like you, you literally can feel the weight just kind of lift off of your chest and you're just kind of like, man, like I, I should have done this sooner, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. ask you is, is did it sting as bad as you thought? Because no, it didn't for me. Once I did, I just had the same oh, exact reaction. Yeah. Like, man, I've, I've bottled this up for like a decade. For what? For what? Like for what? For what? Like for what? I, sh I should have, you know, the day it happened, I, I wish I told somebody, you know, maybe I would have gotten, uh, you know, any help. Or maybe even if you kind of think about it, you know, even further along, had I told somebody how I was feeling even before that point, mm -hmm. would it have ever gotten to that point? Right. Now... I I I, uh, I do think of that, but then I, I joke, which is still kind of true. Is so I ended up meeting my girlfriend when I came back from my leave of absence. Okay. So if I never had a leave of absence and I finished it out, I probably would have never met her. So then I joke around and I say, "Yeah, you know, I just wanted to clear the air. You know, I wanted to give you time to get established <laughs> on campus. So when I came back, you know, I would know you. And then you know, it's kind of worked out, right? So you know, you know, all all the money I kind of deferred in that year, you know." Think of that as the the, the dowry, if you will, uh, that's, paid that's awesome. to, to you know my tuition to meet you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to ask you now. Let's continue with the story here. We get it back on track because I know, like you said right there, so it, it would be great to know these things before they happen, but it, it we just don't have that luxury. I also know that you're not the type of person that sits there and regrets the path that you went on. You're someone that uses that to inspire others. So now that you, you are where you are, what, um, how do you use this as a message when you're mentoring people, when you're, when you're either just mentoring outside of work, or I know that you help to train some, some newer hires uh, at your nine to five. So whether it's training or mentoring or just talking to a friend, how do you use what you went through to try and inspire some other people to either get back on the track or keep persevering, keep trying things that work for you, change it up if you need, but just keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So the, the first thing I tell people is whenever you feel a certain way, let somebody know. Like just 100%. immediately, you know, you should let somebody know. The second thing I tell them is that if you can't let somebody know, just because it's just so difficult because it's not easy, right? So like I, I work basically, we'll call it, I work in sales. So the number one rule of sales is just, just pick up the phone, bro. Just mm -hmm. call your client or call the prospect. But some people have a hard time doing that. You get the jitters, you know, you, you're, you know, you think that the person is going to tell you to die a thousand oh, deaths. You know, oh yeah. I did phone sales for yeah, a while. And, even yeah. sales for six years. And then I did phone sales. I don't I mean, I did counter sales at first and then I did uh -huh. transportation sales where I would literally just walk into trucking garages and companies, which is so much easier being in person. 
But then picking up the phone, oh my God, that was a whole other barrier. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you've been doing this for years. Why is it so hard for you to, to pick up a phone? But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it, it's that rejection. So a lot of people, they don't want to, I don't want to, because a lot of people also don't want to feel vulnerable, right? So mm-hmm. like I'm in this this vulnerable state. I then don't want to open up becoming more vulnerable. And then you tell me something that I don't want to hear right. or that I feel is going to be terrible, right? So if you yep, can't even yep. do that, uh, write it down, right? right? Write down your feelings. How are you feeling? Are you, what's your state of being? Really hash it out. Don't try to make, uh, for me, I wouldn't try to make sense of it early. You don't want to try to self-medicate, if you will. So just kind of like write it down. Today is Tuesday the 15th. Uh, it was tough to get out of bed, um, but I did it. Took a shower and didn't really eat much. Um, kind of went through the motions. But hey, then I hopped on a podcast with Brendan. It was kind of awesome, right? It was pretty nice. Hope, you know, hopefully tomorrow is better. And you just kind of catalog that, right? And then you go back through the weeks and you kind of, you know, see what your state is, mm-hmm. right? And then from that point, as you write it down, you can kind of see the own fluctuations in your own kind of uh, emotional state, if you will. Yeah. And then at that point, you can kind of see, okay, well, well what was it? You know, well, what was it? that had me feeling like that. Oh yeah. You know, my grandfather did pass away. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Right. You know, so, all right. So what, so what should we do now? All right. We can reflect on it. Hey man, I miss my grandfather. You know, he's my best friend. He's one of my best friends, one of my heroes, man. Uh, So like now what I do, um, like I I love when it rains uh, because when it rains, uh, like my grandfather was super busy, right? He was always a busy guy cutting grass. So when it rains, as you know, you're not really cutting grass. Right. So it was a perfect time for our, you know, we would be on the porch, you know, my grandmother, uh, my grandfather, and same thing with my uh, paternal grandmother. When it rained, we'd be on the porch, you know, whoever was watching me. It was just a good time to kind of sit down. So it's a nice little self-reflection, right? So, uh, but little things like that. So, you know, write that down, understanding why you feel the way that you feel, even if you can't let somebody else know. Mm-hmm. But as you begin to understand why you feel, because that's, that's a hard thing too, right? Because everybody knows like, hey, you know, I know I feel shitty. Like, I feel shitty. Right? Yeah. But, but why? Right, 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 right. It's like, you know, like, That's you know the hard like when part. you're working out, you know, right, we're getting older now, right? So, you know, sometimes you tweak something, you hurt, you're like, okay, well, why do I hurt? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did start working out. Okay, cool. I did push ups. That makes sense. But if I didn't, if I didn't do any push ups and now I'm bumping into it, like, why am I in pain? You know, what, what is going on? So it's I've had some like of that, those right? too, where there's no workout. <laughs> exactly. You're like, did I pull a hammy? I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so as I try not to go too too far on a tangent, like the way I just kind of look at it is being able to, to, if I can kind of sum it up, being able to assess not just the situation, but why you feel the way that you feel, and then you can kind of work to correct that, and then never regretting yeah. why you are, yes. excuse me, where you are. Because, like I said, right, I didn't finish school when I wanted to finish school, but if I did, I not only would I have not met my girlfriend, I would have never met. Uh, my my greatest group of friends that I met in college. So I now hang out with, you know, my buddy Tim, uh, you know, his wonderful girlfriend, Aisha, my buddy Adele, Jazz, and obviously my girlfriend, Carver. So we all met each other through that last year when I got back. Yeah. But had I, had I you know, had I never took a leave of absence, I would have never met him. So that's the other kind of thing that you kind of think, you know, your little butterfly effect, right? Well, mm-hmm. maybe if I, I graduate, I would have been here. You know, well, we don't know. But because right. you didn't, you now know these people, you know, you now ended up, you know, on the path that you are. And <laughs> am I rich like Jeff Bezos? No. But am I happy? Absolutely. Right. It's all that matters. And I have my health. Yeah, I have my health. I have my strength. 
you know, my relationship with my parents is awesome. Uh, my, my current relationship is awesome and amazing. I have amazing friends. My family is great. I'm reconnecting with good friends. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's there to regret, right? Yeah. So, Terrific. So it sounds like a lot of the things that you did was just reflecting, being honest with, with the emotions. Like you said, it's easy to know when something's shitty, you feel shitty, but not how you got there. So what you do is write down your feelings, your emotions, and then look for the triggers that cause them then work to correct that trigger basically is what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Focusing on, because and the other thing I, I want to stress too is self-reflection is it's not a bad thing, but it too is, it can be dangerous if done too much or too long. Right. right. Yeah. Because self, self-reflection is, is self-reflection is a good thing, but if we dwell on it too long, yeah. then it could kind of turn into regret. Right. So I can right. self-reflect and say, you know, well, what did I do to cause me to have that leave of absence? Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't get the help that I needed. I didn't take things serious. <laughs> I party way too much instead of, you know, studying and things of that nature. And I said, okay, cool. That's good. Cut it. Now, how do we fix it now? Right. So now right. that I'm older, you know, I had to start studying for my licenses, you know, for my designations. Okay, cool. So now if I think about, you know, where I was in college, I was number one. Well, we're not partying. Well, thank you know, who, who thought anybody would say this? But thank God for COVID, right? So <laughs> yep, not really takes partying. That temptation away. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool. You know, when I did study, you know, was it efficient? No. All right. So now what do we do? All right, let's throw in some Pomodoro techniques or something like that to kind of keep us focused, right? So using the past to kind of help your future is awesome. But yeah. if you just dwell in it too long, you know, then you're just going to be in the self wallowing, and you're never going to get yourself out. And, you know, next thing you know, you're going to be the 45 year old dude. And he's like, yeah, Brendan, man, you know, back in high school, you know, yeah. I had this, this killer arm. And you're just kind of like, all right, but what are you doing today, my man? Like, you yeah. know, what's going on today? Absolutely. So. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. I, I couldn't have said it any better. Take a look at what your triggers were for that situation, but then stop it right there. Just take that knowledge to apply to today. Yesterday's already taken care of. It's already happened. So we can learn from it real quick no sense in dwelling on it. So Paris, it's been a blast having this conversation with you. I really appreciate you sharing your story and I'd love to have you back on for another conversation real soon. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Embrace the Suck with Brendan. We know you've got a message that can help somebody else right now and we need to hear it. Reach out directly at wheelahandevelopment at gmail.com or through Facebook and LinkedIn at Brendan Wheelahand. Until next time.